1: Recorded that Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah and he said, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Today, churches have made it a den of thieves, a place of entertainment, filled with all kinds of programs, but nothing about Jesus and nothing about prayer. Prayer is so important. The reason why we need to pray is because false teachers, false doctrines.
0: Just as a pilot relies on open communication with air traffic control to land safely, you too must remain on the line in your prayer life with the Lord. Today in his message, Pastor Eddie wants you to know that prayer isn't just about your needs. It's about aligning your heart with God's truth. The world is rife with enticing but misleading ideas, much like dangerous reefs and calm waters. Immerse yourself in prayer and cultivate a discerning spirit. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2, as he begins his message, Pray for All People.
1: First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, Paul writes, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayer, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Well, in verses 3 to 11 of chapter 1, the apostle Paul gave Timothy instructions in dealing with the false teachers of the church in Ephesus. The last time we were together studying 1 Timothy, we looked at verses 12 to 20 of chapter 1, where Paul first expresses gratitude for the mercy of Christ for entrusting him into the ministry. For the Lord had enabled him, counted him faithful, and put him into the ministry. And part of the ministry of a a pastor of the church is not only to love and care and feed the flock. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep, tend my sheep, and feed my sheep. It's more than just loving, feeding, and tending, but also there's a other side of a pastor where rebuke is needed to bring correction. And sadly at times, but not quite often, excommunication. Paul had charged Timothy to excommunicate Hymenaeus and Alexander, both of whom were teaching false doctrines in the church. And ultimately they have rejected the faith and have turned some away from the faith. Which is dangerous. And so that's why Paul charged Timothy, send them out. Send them out. They are a danger to others, that they are walking away from the faith. You find that in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 18. You find more information. That brings us down to 1 Timothy chapter 2. We're gonna look at verses 1 through 7. And when Paul gives Timothy instruction, not only to Timothy, but also to the church and to praying. Pray. So we need to pray for others, pray for everyone. There is not a single person that we should not exclude from our prayer. You know, the most vital part of life of a Christian is prayer. Someone once said prayer is a supernatural, yet natural time when the Christians enter into the throne room of heaven and talk to the creator of the universe. Charles Spurgeon said this, The ship of prayer may sail through all temptation, doubts, and fear straight up to the throne of God. Prayer is so important. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ set the example of prayer. Jesus prayed early in the morning, in the middle of the day, and throughout the day, every day. Jesus prayed daily to the Father. Prayer was the heart of Jesus' ministry, so much so that the disciples, they watched Jesus, and they asked Jesus in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, he says, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. By this time, the disciples witnessed all the miracles that Jesus had performed. They did not say, Jesus, can you teach us how to heal the sick? Can you teach us how to raise the dead? Can you teach us to cast out demons and calm the sea? No, they knew that the power behind Jesus and his ministry was prayer, prayer to the Father. And so they asked the Lord to teach them how to pray. And so Jesus gives the instruction. We know that people call it the Lord's Prayer. Really, it's not the Lord's Prayer. It's really the Lord's instruction in how to pray. But also... Jesus gives instruction how to pray. He sets the example of how to pray, but we also have the helper, the paracletos, the Holy Spirit, who helps us in prayer. So we are taught how to pray. But we also are being helped to pray. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it's likewise the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. You know, if you don't know how to pray, pray. You pray. Another quote by Charles Spurgeon he said, "Pray unto you can pray, pray to be helped to pray, and do not give up praying because you cannot pray, for it is when you think you cannot pray that is when you are praying praying i can't tell you how powerful our Wednesday night prayer meetings have been coming you know i I have seeing us, you know, not only praying for making requests, but we're also praising God and giving thanks for answered prayers. I also have, you know, observed some of the people who just started to pray. And all of a sudden now, their prayers are becoming more and more powerful, more and more lengthy. And boy, it sounds like the Psalms. So people are learning how to pray as they come out and pray. And so that's why I encourage it's very important that we come out and pray corporately. The more and more we pray, the more and more we learn how to pray and we communicate with God. Prayer is so important. Remember that prayer is what was the reason why the church was birthed out in the first place. In Acts chapter one, that you know, as they were sitting in the upper room in prayer, one accord, the promise of the Holy Spirit came upon them, and the church was birthed out. The birth of our church almost 2,000 years ago began because the church was praying. They were obedient to listen to Jesus Christ, stay in Jerusalem, do not go anywhere until the promise of the Holy Spirit comes upon thee. Saints, God calls us to pray. The entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation is filled with prayer. We serve a living God who's alive and well. And our relationship is with the true living God involves communication and prayer. What kind of relationship would there be between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, if there was no communication? We are the bride of Christ. Christ is the bridegroom. We need to have a communication with the Lord. Now, according to many commentaries, commentators, the passage before us, although it deals with prayer in, in general, it, it really points and lean more towards corporate prayer. We'll see a section, a little portion of it when it comes to personal prayers, and we'll see that as we study. So we've read our text. Now let us study our text verse by verse. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Let's look at it. It begins with the word, therefore. Therefore. Whenever you study the word of God and you come across the word therefore in the Bible, as Bible students, you need to ask yourself, what is therefore Therefore, Therefore, looking at the previous passages of the scripture back in chapter 1. Therefore, because there were false teachers teaching false doctrines, fables, and endless genealogies causing disputes rather than golly of Chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Therefore, because there were those who had been excommunicated from the church because they rejected the faith and had some turn away from the faith. Chapter 1, verses 12 to 20. Therefore, Paul writes, Therefore, I exalt first of all that supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made to all men. First and foremost, we are called to pray. Way too often the church has placed prayer last on their priority list, last the least of the ministry within the church. We have placed programs. We have events, gathering, man-made ministries. We do this all before prayer. There was a pastor who once said, if I announce a banquet, people will come out of the woodwork to attend. But if I announce a prayer meeting, I'm lucky if the custodian shows up. And you're that sad, and it's true. It's sad, but true. The church is not praying. There's some kind of negative thing somehow. was. Oh, we're having a prayer meeting. Oh, okay, I'm not there. In the Gospels, the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it is recorded that Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah. And he said, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Today, churches have made it a den of thieves, a place of entertainment, filled with all kinds of programs, but nothing about Jesus and nothing about prayer. Prayer is so important. The reason why we need to pray is because false teachers, false doctrines. They are wolves in sheep clothing. They are false teachers creeping into the church, deceiving even the elect of God, and instead of praying, they were entertaining. You know, Satan is really happy when we have a, 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 a... The church is filled with all kinds of programs and no prayer. The one thing Satan hates the most is when you pray personally. He hates it when the church gathers together for prayer. Because prayer is what causes us to communicate with God, to be one with God, to seek God for direction and discernment, to understand the scriptures, to be filled with the Spirit, so that we will not walk in the flesh. Prayer is the only one way that we could communicate with our God and Savior. That is why, when you're kept busy, you're occupied, and you're tired, distracted, you know, okay, I can't go. It's not, it's just too much on my plate. I can't do that Wednesday night. Prayer is vital for the believer in Jesus Christ and for the church. And so, here the Apostle Paul tells Pastor Timothy, I exhort. First of all, that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving thanks be made for all men. Paul lists for us terms to describe the wide categories of communication with God. Prayer involves supplication. Then there are prayers when we get to that. Intercession and giving of thanks. The first one is supplication. Supplication is praying, is having an earnest or urgent need or needs. It's praying... For the needs of others first, and then for ourselves. You know, quite often our prayers, the bulk of our prayers, is the wants, the needs. We only come to the Lord when we want something. And our prayer is filled with things that we want. I don't know about you, but I love everyone that God has placed in my life, friends, enemies alike, it doesn't matter. But I have a problem when someone only comes up to me when they want something. You know, we all have that person in our life. It could be a family member. They only come to you when they want something. They really don't look out for you or care about you. They don't even say, good morning. Hey, do you have $20? I had a friend, a coworker of mine years ago, that everybody would start talking. As soon as they see the person, instead of saying good morning, he's, oh, first things first. Good morning. How you doing? How you doing? Then let's talk now. <laughs> you know? And it was so good. I got into that habit myself. Quite often, the bulk of our prayers are praying for things that we need or want. There is a difference between needs and wants. Sometimes we forget, because we're so fleshly, we have so much needs, and we forget there is a difference between needs and wants. And sometimes we put them all in the same place or consider them equal. I need food. I need healing. I need my bills paid. I need my family and marriage restored I need to get closer to the Lord. I need more of the Holy Spirit, etc. It's far different than I want a boat. I want a fancy car. I want an in-ground swimming pool. I want to be rich. I want to be famous. I want to be a football star, a baseball star, a movie star. Those are wants. Those are wants. Now, God will not always give you what you want, but he always give you what you need. Put it this way. If you don't have it, it is because you don't need it. Okay? All right, I think I said it right. First of all, if we have a need, as a child of God, one thing we must always understand is that God knows our needs before we even ask. This came from our Lord and Savior himself, Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. Jesus says, For your Father, your Heavenly Father, knows the things you have need of before you ask him. All your needs... He knows before you even ask. I mean, if a good parent knows what their child needs. You go to the uh, Walmart, and you go to the department store, and you notice how they strategically place all the toys and the sugary cereals eye level where the kids can see it. I know, I'm at that height, I could see it all the time. <laughs> and all the healthy stuff is always in the top. And then, the, that's, that's not enough. The end caps, before you get to the register, there's more stuff I want this, I want this. No, you don't need that. Put that back. I just love it when I see kids just put things in a shopping cart and the parent goes, it's like the parent could be facing backwards and no, put it back. See, as parents, we know what our kids need, and we know that they have wants as well. Not only that God knows your needs, here's the best part. He also will supply your needs. Philippians chapter four, verse 19, it says, and my God shall supply some of your needs. No, not some. All your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It's not your want, but your need. He will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. How rich is our God and our Lord and Savior? You can't even put a number. Don't even think about it. Now, the next term describes communication with God as prayers. Notice it's in plural form. It's not prayer, but prayers in plural form. It's referring to communication with God, but without supplication. Paul already mentioned supplication. He doesn't need to include it here. It is separate from supplication, intercession, and giving of thanks, which we'll see in a minute. We know this because the word prayers here in the Greek is pros- Yo kai, kai. That's what it is. It mentioned thirty-seven times in the New Testament, and it means to pray earnestly. Now drop down to verse eight. Look at verse eight. Paul writes, "I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere." The word "pray" here in verse eight is kai hameia, whatever it is. You you figure it out. It's mentioned eighty-seven times in the New Testament, and it means to offer prayers to make prayers. There is a difference between intercession, praying for the needs of others and for yours, and then there's prayers, plural. It speaks of a time of devotion with the Lord. It speaks of a time of worship. It's a worshipful type of prayer. When we come to the Lord without needs and we worship God in prayer, whether on our knees or sitting down, we just, you know, Turn off the phone, throw it out the window, whatever it is. You know, it makes you want to throw it out the window, right? But anyway, you turn off everything and you just close. I don't want to come to the Lord with, Lord, I need this. I want this because he knows that. And I prayed already. I'll pray it again later on. But this, this one time I want to dedicate a time that I could worship God and tell him how much I love him and praise worship for who he is. Try that for an hour. Saints, When was the last time we went to the Lord in prayer just to worship him? Just to worship him. Yes, we pray. Probably pray in the morning, in the night. Pray for our food. But is there a time that you ever prayed and set it aside when you can worship God? Say, Lord, I'm just coming before you. I don't have a list. I do, but it's not this time. I want to come before you and worship you because of what you've done in my life and the promises you have made for me. And I love you because you alone are God and worship him and, and admire him in adoration. We need more prayers of worship. We need more prayers of worship in our lives. The next term Paul uses here to communicate with God's intercession. The word intercession is only mentioned two times, just two times in the New Testament. And it speaks of making requests on behalf of of others, making requests on behalf of others. You know, I wonder how many times that we tell another or someone, say, you know, I'll pray for you, and really don't pray. How many times we say, I'm going to pray for you, I'm going to keep you in my prayer, but really don't pray about that person. I've learned to make it a habit to pray for the person on the spot, to pray for the person before I call them, or to pray for the person as soon as I hang up with them. Or pray with them while I'm on the phone. Now, I'm not perfect on this, by the way. But I know it is, I've come a long way. Because the last thing, I, I, want, I want people to know that when I say I'm praying for you, I'm going to keep my word. I'm going to intercede on your behalf. I'm going to be praying for you, and I'm going to ask, hey, if I pray for you, please pray for me. Pray for me. You know, before we make requests for other needs, for our needs, we need to make the request for the needs of others and find time in our prayer to go before God on behalf of others. We know there are a lot of people hurting. You know, if, if you were just to think of one person in your mind right now, you know there's a person hurting. That's the person you ought to be interceding for. You know, the problem is that we think that things happen just because it happened. Oh, it just ended up good on your behalf. You're just, you know, we don't believe in luck. Oh, you're just lucky. No, it's because we prayed. I know some people that were healed, and they get healed, and they say, oh, I was healed because I took this, I did this. No, you were healed because we prayed for you. You were healed because we prayed for you. Yes, the Lord may use those things, but I never give you know, doctors, I'm thankful for doctors, I'm thankful for medication, but I never give them the glory if if, if, if I get healed. God gets the glory. God gets the glory. The final term Paul uses here, communicating with God, is giving thanks. Giving thanks is an essential part of our relationship with Christ. Giving thanks to God. And it also could be a part of worship. As we worship God, we give thanks to the Lord. It says those that lack a basic sense of gratitude in their lives lack a basic Christian virtue. We need to be grateful people. You know, if we use the scriptures as a guide as to knowing how often people do give thanks to the Lord, uh, using uh, Luke chapter 17, when Jesus healed that 10 men that had leprosy. If we use that as a guide, nine Out of 10 people would not give thanks to the Lord, but just one. After Jesus healed these 10 men with leprosy and uncurable disease in those days, only one came to Jesus with a loud voice glorifying God fell on his face at the feet of Christ and gave him thanks. Then Jesus says, were there not nine others? Were there not 10 that I healed and where are the other nine? I think it's in scripture to let us know, hey, people are forgetful in giving thanks to the lord to be thankful we should be thankful all the time every minute every day because we have jesus christ our lord and savior and he has saved us and have given us eternal life
0: I'm the race. thank you so much for joining us today here on running the race Pastor Eddie's been taking us through the book of 1 Timothy in this series, which is found in the Pauline Epistles. Within its pages, you learn everything there is to know about becoming a pastor and leading a church during the final years of Paul's life. He knew he wouldn't be around forever, so he penned instructions that would serve future generations of pastors. God used Paul to begin his church and to serve as a role model to those who follow him. If you're looking for help applying this to your life, here's Jessica with an invitation just for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. What a great invitation for those in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area. For the rest of us, remember that you can find more messages from Pastor Eddie on that same website, runningtheraceradio.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're excited to learn more from the book of 1 Timothy. For today, our time has come to an end, but we'll be back again next time, and hope you will too, to hear Pastor Eddie share more from this great book of 1 Timothy, here on Running the Race.